Hello, thank you for joining us. You're listening to You Jack Podcast. This is a Swansea City podcast. We're aware there's others out there. There's other football podcasts out there and actually just other ways for you to spend any of your free time. So if you're tuning in, thank you very much for giving us your time. I'm joined by my good friend Luke Lewis. How you doing, mate? G'day, mate. Yes, I'm uh, I'm doing well. We've uh, we've both bought new microphones uh, for a podcast that's one week old. So um I don't know what what you're going to call that. Uh, We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so, hopefully, uh, hopefully your your um, ears are uh, a little happier to, uh, for for listening to this one because um, hopefully the audio is a little bit better. But yeah, no, I'm doing really good and uh, looking forward to uh, another week of uh, of Swans news. Enjoying our dulcet tones as ever. I, I, while we're I like on the that subject, word, dulcet. It's a, dulcet always, tones. You know, yeah. what? I've always wanted to say it, and I'd never said it before. So, say it. Go on. Say it. Everyone enjoy our dulcet tones this week. <laughs> Um, while we're on the subject of, of uh, obviously people tuning in, so thank you very much if you've already listened to our first episode. This is the the second now, so you've uh, you've not missed anything. You're on episode two. Um, it, it was you who who flagged this with me, Luke. We've obviously like a, a big percentage of our listeners are UK based, which makes sense. There's a, a slither of uh, people joining us from Australia, which makes sense. That's your paisan. Shout out to mum and dad. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Lewis, hope, hope you're good. Good to, uh, you know, hope you're enjoying. Um, and, my, and, my, and my brother, I should probably shout out my brother as well. Big, uh, we Jaden, <laughs> yep. uh, went to QPR away all those years ago. Um, <laughs> we'll come on to that, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. Maybe not tonight, but we'll come on to it. Yeah, no, maybe, uh, another day. Got a few people in, in America joining us, which is pretty cool. Um, but there was a 2% of our listeners uh, coming to us from Greece and i i mean if you're listening if if i don't know if that's if you're a greek person or if you you would just happen to be a like a swans fan you could be from neath but you were based in or you were just on holiday in in uh, in crete when you listened to the first episode but like we're at you jack podcast on twitter just get in touch just so we we know what was going on there because there's a few theories about this it's probably just a, a couple of swans fans you know in malia right i'd say so um Theory number one was it's Ange Postacoglu, uh, and he, const- he, he he uses a VPN that uh, <laughs> and sets it to Greece <laughs> constantly. So that was a, that was our first theory. Big Ange, the yeah. uh, former Celtic new Tottenham manager. Any time there's any sort of updates in the football world involving an Aussie, whether it's players, fans, managers, he's in the know and he wants to know what's going on about it. Um, especially if it's Swansea, uh, I don't know. If there's, Absolutely. Part of him's got to be like, you think you'll get men are royally? You got no chance. <laughs> for some reason, my big Ange impression is is like it always goes to that guy. You know, they're like little little thousand lost bloom. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, but I ain't spending any time on it. Uh, but my my other theory, which I don't think I've communicated with you, um, is it's uh, a few people who like own a bar in in Crete or. or Santorini or something and I don't know like Andy Robinson and, and Chris O'Leary and all that mob in like the summer of 2005 were just over there just Kane and Mythos and, and Uzo and this, the people in this bar just feel duty bound to just follow anything Swans related. Um, could be that yeah. It, it could, could be that. Could but be that. it's probably just uh, yeah a couple of lads on holiday. <laughs> well whoever you are thank you for, for joining us. Big big shout out and hopefully you've made it to episode two. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might well, have just yeah, been. this could be all for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been that you know one episode in you thought oh, fuck this, I'm 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 flying back tomorrow. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> fucked. Um, but yeah, where, wherever you're you're tuning in, uh, all the way from you know from Crete down to Kimla, thank you very much. We've we've got a lot to to talk about uh, today, but I'm hoping. I'm not. I'm not hoping. I think it'll be shorter today. But we just had we had so much to unpack last week. But we're very we're forward thinking this week, aren't we? Yeah, on the front foot. Um, judging by our, our our intro, I don't know whether it's going to be <laughs> shorter. Uh, let's let's promise that it won't be longer. All right. I think that's a that's a good start. Also, I wanted to crack open this while I'm on 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 the pod. Uh, I'm drinking. Red, I'm showing it to, to Barney now on camera. I'm drinking Red Wall Lager um, by by Brecken uh, Brewing. And this is going to be a little diss because it's absolute piss. <laughs> is that because of the anglicised name? You're more of a Banner uh IPA? Or what, what was that all about? Um, Just not very nice, is it? No, it's n- no, no um, slight, slight on the uh, on the name. Um you know, Brecken Brewing is fine, <laughs> um, but um, the 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 drink is is genuinely one of the worst beers I've ever had in my life, um, and no wonder it was going uh, on sale in 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 ASDA, um, and it, it caught me caught my eye, big red box with a, with a wild gore on it, and um, I uh, I bought it and. It's terrible, but now I've got ten k, well eight cans, so I have to kind of drink them. <laughs> so maybe I'll have one a week. <laughs> See what you like about us. We're we're quite an anti zeitgeist podcast. You get a lot of these new podcasts coming on, just kind of you know whoring themselves out to anyone who will sponsor them. We're kind of doing the opposite. We've we've taken an unnecessary stab. At uh, the Red Wall <laughs> beer from uh, Red Wall, <laughs> at Brecken Brewing. Not the Red Wall, <laughs> not Brecken Brewing. Uh, a needless dig at Paul Ariola and his YouTube channel last week. So you know, nobody's safe. Anyone who might want to throw some money our way, you know, talk about biting the hand that, that could potentially feed you. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, well, uh, it does go to show though. I, I, I'm quite bad for just purchasing something if the sponsorship suits me. Like you, you were with me last week when I did twenty quid on a, a bottle of wine that was uh, a Glendower. Yes, uh, red, and it was fine. It was it was okay. I've got my little little glass of Malbec tonight, as you can see. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, uh, I um, you know, I, I'm all for uh, supporting uh, yeah, local Welsh um, uh, businesses and and produce. And uh, yeah, I, I well, as you said, the the Glendor bottle was uh, was was lovely, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, Brecken, you've missed the mark. <laughs> missed the mark. Uh, but that's okay. I'll drink it, and we'll get through the pod. And um, maybe we should uh, start off. Well, start talking about some swans, some some swans business, <laughs> being a swans podcast. Back about that time, and uh, yeah, we promised you a swans <laughs> podcast, and so far we've talked nothing but shit but so let's move move swiftly on do you know what i'm gonna do just to kind of kick things off we called the first episode duff love now if you were listening to that you might have thought there might have been like a little bit more michael duff related content and we were little light on the duff i think now that just to clarify was no we weren't underwhelmed we weren't not excited we it wasn't that we didn't want to talk about the new managerial appointment it was just to begin 
there was just so much to unpack from the summer and it felt it, it almost like we didn't have the bandwidth to kind of be too forward thinking because we, we we had to talk about it but today we want to talk about and we'll get into this in more detail this week we we've had the first press conference from Michael Duff featuring the weird and so far wonderful Andy Coleman we've got some new faces in the building uh, rumors we've got uh, players potentially coming in players potentially coming out and and just plenty of other things to talk about we're actually going to try and keep it fairly nonsense free because uh, you've had a good amount of that but um, yeah first things first Michael Duff's opening press conference it was very Duff heavy but there was a smattering of Coleman in there do you know what I, I, a smattering, I, uh, a smattering like of the, table, the table is getting a smattering <laughs> okay so, yeah, out of a 23-minute uh, press conference, the first couple of minutes were on Andy Coleman. Um, now, somebody needs to explain to this guy. It's like, I appreciate his, his, uh, his hot spur and his, his enthusiasm, but if you continually press the table when you're talking, I've just done it now. I don't know if that's going to be picked up. All I could hear was him banging the table to, to punctuate his sentences. Couldn't hear anything while yeah. he was talking. Yeah, no, Um it was a bit. It was a bit strange, but uh, he, he was obviously very, very, very passionate about what he was saying. And um, you know, I'm all for it. If uh, you got that much vigor for a, um, you know, a little presser with what I imagine, you know, a couple of of, of Swans journalists in there, then yeah, great. <laughs> Good on you, Andy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was covered by uh, by the fantastic Gareth Vincent. Now. Uh, Obviously, it was very Duff heavy, as I say, but, um, you know, Duff, uh, from one of the things he said, he was like, you know, I like other people to talk about me rather than talk about myself. So we should probably cover some of the things that uh, Andy Coleman said of him. So just a, a couple of uh, pull out quotes I got. So Michael is everything I envision when I think of a leader and a winner. Um, you know, he said he respected Michael's winning mentality. I think he's a great leader of men. I think both of those are, are pretty fair because then we'll come on to this, but he he's very commanding. Now, he, he's different to, to Russell. In the, and I'm not going to do too much of this, or I really don't want to compare them because that's done. But he he's engaging in a different way. Russell was a big talker, um, you know, a real PR man, knew his, his stuff, you know, talk the talk sort of thing. You get the sense he's a little understated, but he just commands a lot of respect. There's something about his presence. I can see how that would be very engaging in, in a different way. Did, did you get that sort of watching the, the 20 or so minutes he spoke? Yeah, it's always interesting seeing uh, a new manager uh, and getting used to how they speak because you, you know you you watch your, your previous manager speak every week uh, in the in the press conferences and uh, yeah, I really liked the the way he spoke. Uh, I I feel like he just doesn't take any shit at all. Yeah, you know I wouldn't cross him. If I was working underneath him, <laughs> I, don't, I think you'd get an absolute or above uh, him, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I don't know. I don't know if it was Andy Coleman's first pick, but I think um, Michael Michael Duff made sure that he was the one that was getting picked. Um, yeah, so no, I really liked how he spoke, and um, he's very to the point, but also uh, he does give you a little bit as well, uh, a little bit to sort of chew on, I guess, uh, as, mm -hmm. a, as a fan. But, yeah, no, a different style. Like like I said, we don't want to keep harping back onto our previous manager, but um, a different style of um, communicator. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it, I think it, 
you know, first impressions, they're good for me. Uh, I'm more sure than I was last week about him, for 100% after seeing, you know, a few things this week. Well, we saw his his first interview with the club and like I wasn't underwhelmed by that, but I just got the sense that it was it was kind of it was all very quick turnaround for him. I didn't come away from his first interview feeling too much. It was kind of like, all right, let's just see what what happens now. But that press conference, uh, I've watched it like a few times now because you, you get something from it every time he he's I feel like he's understated but in a way that's still very interesting, very engaging. He's quite a funny character. He's like really kind of dry. Now, I know that's, that doesn't get you into the Premier League, but he's quite <laughs> self-deprecating. He's quite, you know, I'm not, all right, you you don't just want a, a great guy. But, like, I mean, that, that's got to help if you've got somebody who's quite, he's clearly from that Sean Dyche school of, of footballers. He's such a presence. So you also want somebody who's a little bit lighter and, you know, some of the younger players as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel that. I feel that vibe. Um I think that was the big worry for me after, you know, after we sort of knew that Russell wasn't going to be around, was the players constantly said last season and the season before how good our culture was uh, and how good the dressing room was and that was a big thing, not that it brought us much success, uh, but I didn't want to lose that. You know, I wanted people and our 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 staff at the club and, and, and the players as well to want to be here. Um, that's a big sort of weird internal, uh, I don't know, it's not a fear, but it's internal sort of uh, doubt that why would why would players want to come to Swansea? It's, you know, you, you close as home games over an hour away. Uh, yeah. How close home game? Close as away game is an hour away. You know, you, every second week or every week almost, you're travelling hours and hours and hours on a bus. Why would you want to come play football uh, here when you could play, you know, in in London or, you know, in another part yeah, where yeah. things are a lot closer, might be a bit easier for you. So the, I think the culture uh, around uh, the Swansea City Football Club is important for all players, all staff. And I think that Michael has that uh, ability to, to move that forward and, and keep that going for this year with this group of players. Uh, yeah, because the biggest fear was, mass exodus uh, after, you know, the, some of our, our best players had such a good relationship with uh, the last manager. So I didn't want that to happen. So, yeah, no, Michael, um, I think he's he, he, he can bring that and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, hold that thought on the mass exodus because we're recording early July. There's still uh, <laughs> true, like yeah. just under two months. Let's let's uh, let's not look back at this and just feel stupid, should we? Um, I've pulled um, I've pulled a few quotes out from from his press conference. Now, all the ones I seem to have pulled out are to do with playing style, formation, tactics, that sort of thing. Now, I've I've watched it back, and I feel like the only reason I've done that is because. A lot of the focus, uh, a lot of the questions were around uh, the playing style, which makes sense because, as we talked about, Russell Martin was this archetypal young Swansea coach. You know, he he looked the part. He's a very handsome man, very slick football, very good talker. Um, you know, so 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 naturally, the the new person coming in, it was like, well, we don't know a huge amount about him, and, and there's a bit of a misconception now where like pressing football is seen somehow as. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good football. So there's loads of questions about this. Um, but I thought you handled that really well. You know, you're saying, like, I, he does want to play good football. He wants to win 
playing good football. Uh, and he said, you know, Russ has done a good job, played an attractive brand of football. I'm a little bit more on the front foot, a little more high octane. I don't want to get pigeonholed, you know, into am I a long ball coach? Am I a possession coach? Uh, I want to win. And if it takes, uh, this is all paraphrased, but if it takes, you know, a one nil from from a set play, then then that's what it takes, which is, I think, fair enough, right? I think it is, yeah. I, I got the feeling that, He's uh, progressive in a, a really different way to to um, to a lot of managers who want to play total football and um, you know playing it playing uh, plan A better rather than uh, having a plan B or C. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I you know you get that vibe, like you said, like that Sean Dyche vibe, where it's like, nah, we'll win it at all costs. But I also got little snippets of him being quite progressive as well in his approach, you know, mm. not being quite fluid, you know, having a – he sort of said there's no, you know, there's no formation necessarily. 4-4-2 isn't is, – is, you know, five yards away from a, uh, a 4-3-1 or whatever he said. I can't remember exactly. But I quite like that. It's, 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 um, it's progressive in its, in its own right, not being, uh, uh, like I said, pigeonholed into one – way of playing so I, I do I do really like that from him and I am really curious to see how we'll actually sort of play because it, it, it really is a mystery well he said uh you know am I possession obsessed no and then he said you know I'd rather win one nil and we only have 60 percent of the ball than we get have 80 percent of the ball and draw nil nil now a few fans on Twitter kind of were trying to work out if that was a a, a dig Russell, I really don't think it was. I, I I think it's just that thing where he's made it very clear, and he actually said, you know, I, I don't like talking about philosophy. I don't want to get pigeonholed into am I a ticky tacker manager? Am I a pressing manager? I think you get the sense he's very versatile. You know, it's like there's going to be games where it's that thing, isn't it? Where if you're uh, in the bracket of a possession based coach, um, as soon as you start losing a few games, the questions are, well, where's the plan B? So you, you get the sense he's at least coming with that. And, and if we do have a shit run of games, he can at least say, well, the team can adapt to to different scenarios and different settings. And I don't like, yeah, it's not the cold Wednesday night and you know Stoke anymore, but the championship, there's all sorts of games where it's it's wet and miserable and cold and dark and you're getting kicked off the pitch so you do have to adapt so um i've personally got no complaints with that and, and like i say if we can still still win with 60 percent of the ball then fantastic and if it has to be 30 or 40 percent then that's fine because fundamentally the owners at this point are clearly like who is the best man to get us out of the division and we'd rather the aesthetic value of the football takes a bit of a knock um, and we win games where ordinarily we might get a draw or even lose. I think we're at that point, yeah. Uh, it's, no, we, we went through the, uh, the, the the period of playing, you know, a, attractive football and not getting success. And then we kind of went to the Steve Cooper style of uh, being really solid and, mm. uh, and yeah, grinding out one nils, uh, you know, coming back from one nil down away and winning two one, you know, scrapping out results and somewhere in between would be would, would be really lovely because <laughs> because Steve Cooper obviously we we were you know ninety minutes away from the Premier League with him uh, and I'd love to 
have some sort of in-between blend of playing, uh, you know, really uh, pragmatic football and <laughs> and really lovely possession-based football. Uh, so, yeah, I'm somewhere in between. And I, I hope he can do it. I really do. I think he can. It's, it's yeah, because some of the things he says is, it, it, he said right from the start, is like we need to bring some physicality into the squad, mm. which is completely and utterly true. Um, yeah. At times we're a little lightweight. We've got some a few big centre-backs <laughs> at the club, but we're, we're uh, in terms of pace and and a bit of bulk and a bit of bit of nastiness, we don't really have it, and no. um, we need that to get through. Uh, you know, Stoke away on a Tuesday night. Uh, so it's yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I think he he has the 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 right recipe. Uh, he's shown that previously in in his previous two clubs. So yeah, bring it on, bring it on, Big Mick. Big, big Mickey Duff. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Uh, you know, he was talking about, you, you mentioned it already, but you know, he was like, you know, I don't really want to get into right now, like what my formation is, you know, whether it's uh, like a 4-3-3 or 4-3-2-1, uh, you know, there's like five yards in it. It was quite funny, right? Like people seem to laugh at that. But this is a really weird uh, comparison to make. I once met Michael Laudrup. And it was just before uh, Swans went and played Man City away. Um, so we lost 1-0. It was that game where Tevez scored a screamer. And at the same time, Michelle Vaughan got injured diving for it, which was really annoying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so um, people were asking him about, you know, like obviously you're playing quite a, a attractive, expansive football as he did. When you go to places like this, you know, do you, do you want to change the formation and everything? And he said, you know... Um, you know, you always talk about. I, I nearly did the Danish accent. I'm not going to do it. I didn't try. I backed out. How's uh, it come out of your mouth? He, um, he, you he, he said, you know, like the, the problem is when you talk about formation. That's when you start having ideas about what a coach is and what what he isn't. So it's like. Oh, uh, this coach plays four three three. Ooh, you know, very expansive, very attacking football. And then it's like, oh, this coach plays four five one, and it's uh, it's very rigid, very hard to break down. And then he just paused, kind of laughed to himself, and he went, "It's the same formation. The only difference is the wingers are five yards back." And that was the first place my brain went to, um, because we are very tactic conscious uh, people. We, you know, we're we're complete nerds with our formations. We love Football Manager. But ultimately, uh, as you say, there's a, a winning recipe there. I get the sense that he, he he knows who he's got in terms of players. He knows there's a an expectation that the football will at least try to be progressive and expansive. It was, it was quite funny when he was like, I'm not just going to do 4-4-2, you boom it, you boom it, you boom it, which I think is like a Yorkshire thing. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really get that. But yeah, I get, I get kind of what he means. Yeah. Um, but if, also, as a side note, if you're if you were listening to his press conference, it was the first time I'd ever heard him speak. Um, if you're thinking, oh, he played for Northern Ireland, like, he didn't sound very Northern Irish. Maybe he's kind of Northern Irish in the same way Ashley Williams is, is Welsh. Um, he was actually born in Belfast. Um, I thought he'd kind of be like Megaldoff. It's <laughs> <laughs> not about expansive football. It's about get behind the ball. Um, but he he. Um, no, so his, his dad, uh, according to his, uh, I'm sure, accurate accurate Wikipedia page, accurate. Accurate. 
uh, his dad lived on a uh, a military base in Gibraltar, Germany, and then Yorkshire, and that's why he's just seems like a hard as nails Yorkshireman. Um, but that's I mean that's by the by. Enjoy that little tidbit if you want it. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, really good. <laughs> lovely little fact about his. You can take, his wife. take that with you. <laughs> you know, make, make sure you tell your your, your missus that when, uh, when when you finish listening to this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Told her multiple times. She just glazes over. <laughs> just see. I think since Russell's left, we both just you know, we both just had a bit of a bit of a crush. Um, but that's fine. We don't, I don't have to have a crush on Michael Duff. I I love his winning mentality. You're saying he's not attractive. He said himself he was uh, fat and grey. Oh. And, just, and he described himself, I'm not saying it, he said it, and he described himself as thick as mints, which I thought was quite funny, because uh, I get the sense he's not. I actually get the sense he's very commanding. And uh, But no, like I'm I'm kind of hooked because cause I'm a fickle fan. And as we said last week, even one interview with Bob Bradley, and we kind of thought, ooh, give him a chance. <laughs> Michael Duff, to be fair, completely engaged me. Um, and you can see why the owners are kind of lapping him up. Yeah, he's saying all the right things and he's got that bravado that, you know, again, really, um, really go, don't want to disrespect any, anyone, but got that big, you know, we can win, you know, we're, we're confident uh, sort of vibe that, uh, that Americans lap up, especially sport, sporting Americans anyway. So, um, again, really, really generalizing, you know, the American people. So, um, you know, let, let me know. Let me know what you really think. <laughs> you'll you'll know from uh, you'll know that uh, our first episode fourteen no seven percent of our listeners were Americans. So um, uh, for the people listening, it could be it could be Jason Levine. Um, <laughs> uh, we mean that in the loveliest way. Happy Fourth of July this week. Um, we we mean it only in a good way. We like your your winning spirit. Yeah, as, as I say, Andy Coleman. He was like, oh. Um, Michael's everything I envision in a leader. I I really like the bit when obviously like, they tried to reference like you know it's been a weird summer and this was the first time I th- he's publicly spoken um, in a in a setting that wasn't like a weird late night statement on Twitter. Yeah, or um, a really controlled setting, you know, where he's making a, a you know a statement, you know, off, yeah, off camera. Op- yeah, opened himself up to the media. There was that quite funny bit where they were like, you know, this has been obviously a bit of a strange summer because uh, we knew Russell was going. There would have been a lot of work going on behind the scenes. I appreciate you've tried to be transparent. It was kind of funny when he went, like, strange summer. I must have missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Or like a picture of Tony Soprano being like, well, you getting fucking cute with me? Don't make jokes. It's been fucking horrible, Andy. I'm, I'm chuffed this all seems to be working out. Andy Coleman, I really, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm, I really like the guy so far, but I was like, don't get fucking fresh with us. It's been horrible. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit, little bit risky, isn't it? No, he, he, uh, he banging the table. Yeah. He also said he was, um, he was bringing uh, his, uh, his Irish Catholic um, background and, he, and his family over, and it sounded like he's got like. 20 members of his family that he's bringing over to Swansea and he's like yeah we're going to be around the around the stadium and around the training ground you'll see us don't worry and sounds like he's just bringing like all of his extended family over and he's just harassing the players (laughs) I've actually just got loads of kids running around just bothering Cyril the Swan he's he's going to turn up trying to take his mask off he's going to be a Ted Lasso just like (laughs) at the training ground standing next to Michael Duff with his whistle (laughs) 
I, I get the sense that you've seen something I haven't because I saw a little clip of him where, and I was really impressed by this because, you know, when he was like, I've made a significant contribution, I was like, mm, okay, well, that was split between three and there's no promise of further investment. But he made it very clear, buck stops with me, any decisions from me, I'm the guy on the ground. And I was like, fantastic, because my biggest problem with the owners, as you know, and as other people know, has been this lack of clarity. And that was the thing. You know, and he's like, strange summer, I must have missed it. I was like, actually, I believe there's been a lot of the ownership group who probably have just missed it. They probably have no idea what's going on this time. Yeah, uh, so, uh, no, no idea what's going on with the ground. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, yeah, Swansea, we own that. Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, Silverstein's probably in uh, in, in Brisbane look, looking out for his uh, Brisbane Bullets MBL team yeah, that, that he owns. So, yeah, no, it's 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 good to have someone on the ground that it can uh, can be held somewhat accountable, you know, in the flesh. Um, not that we're gonna, you know, <laughs> raid his house if that things don't go right, don't go right. But uh, you know, it's it's having uh, you know a, a figurehead uh, that in Swansea, which I think is. Like that's, isn't that what owning a, uh, a a club is about? You know, it, it's really for so long we haven't had that, and we've had chairman go, oh well, I'll have to talk to the owners, you know, about hard yeah. questions and stuff. And now we've got someone that can be held accountable a little bit. It's nice to have the option to raid his house, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the twelve percent Americans, I'm sure, I'm sure you could have. Uh, <laughs> they're over in the states, but yeah, no. Andy, if you're listening, that's a joke. Please come on the podcast. You, you, that invitation still stands. I'm very impressed with you so far. I like how you're conducting yourself. I'm enjoying your weird statements. Your replying to tweets from from fan pages realizing you've just says, pressed send prematurely and then deleting them whether you put like just ph, PH yeah. phone number yeah no. phone number. andy I, i'm really enjoying yourself so far but yeah so i get this i've missed uh, he's bringing like a really big he said something about like oh, i've got a big family just if there's too many people it just made it sound like he had a massive family he was like we i'm from a big family and i've got you know, we're coming over on the first of August, and you you're gonna see us around and stuff. It just made it sound like he is just bringing the cousins, the the second cousins. Everyone's coming to Swansea. They're all gonna live in Reynoldston, and uh, <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna just run the place and cause them luck. <laughs> but um, good, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, very no, very welcome. All in, all in. Which is which is what we like to see. You know, it's that's that's been again one of the main gripes is. You know, you you own us, but you, you're not here <laughs> to own the us. Other thing, the other thing with that is, as well, it's like uh, obviously Jason Levine has got his uh, lots of other interests, but just even just really basic logistical things like um, the selection process for Michael Duff and the transfer window. There was some suggestion that a big difficulty there was the time difference, which I completely understand because I think if they're based in DC, they'll be five hours behind us. You think just fucking if it's, it's January thirty first, you think. It's, get up you prick it's not that under, it's it really isn't that understandable um you know for my job i've been on meetings at midnight you know because of you know, i work with australian people so it it's not that it's not understandable that's what i i'm going to be very firm on that you, for something as big a deal as a, a deadline day be be there be very present the one day of the year you know yeah. no no i've i've been i've always been very upfront i know you would have got the carlin grant deal over the line i have Absolutely. no doubt about that i would if i if i was 
in, uh, in in my hometown, I would have been on the phone, you know, getting it done, you know, it, anything it takes. Well, uh, I think in hindsight um, that probably wasn't the best deal because <laughs> he was going to be the biggest paid player in the club and you know, it's he's Carla Grant, he's not bloody Coutinho, is he? So. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've booked him in now to score at least four goals against us this oh, season. I know, it's, I know. It's yeah. Sam Klukasitis all over again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right, all day you've been promising me some sort of halftime entertainment, which, uh, for the record, in terms of length of this podcast, I have no idea if we're at halftime, but uh, I've got, I've still got a bit of my wine to go through, so uh, why don't you uh, keep my spirits up? Yeah, so uh, I I really want to do a um, a little uh, <laughs> like theme tune to this because I think I think it would be a nice regular segment for us to do a little <laughs> halftime. I didn't do that. I, I I'll say it, no, I didn't do it, but I feel like we should have a little jingle. But um, yeah, so so similar to um, what Barney did last week uh, with a, a nice fun quiz uh, about. Rogers and Dumbledore. Uh, I felt like I should do something, uh, something back, and something similar to to, to lighten the mood and and uh, not be bogged down in 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 the talk of the owners and the the current. I feel great. I feel good. Yeah, but no. crack on. Anyway. But, but, but the current stuff, you know, just just lighten the mood a bit and yeah. uh, and and make it a nice fun uh, break at halftime. So halftime entertainment sponsored by Kev Johns. Uh, here we go. It's um today. Do that? <laughs> Kevin, again, if you're listening, sponsor. We haven't. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat. We'll chat offline. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so um, today, I've put together five little clips, audio clips of former of interviews from some of Swan's uh, Swan's matches in the Premier League and. I'm trying to think of it as one in the championship. I think it's only from the Premier League era. Interviews uh, by uh, either a, our manager or or an opposition manager um, that are kind of uh, games that you might remember that may may have had something special about them. Uh, and I want you to be able to pick, obviously the the manager, you should, which you'll you get pretty easy, but also the game and and the score. And then we'll we'll, we'll have a little uh, walk down memory lane. I don't want to tempt fate, but like I can't remember right now where my keys are, and I, I've forgotten some really important stuff in my life, but I can tell you all sorts of obscure Swans games. I can tell you all sorts of random football factoids. I think I'm going to do quite well. If you're uh, listening, we're at you, Jack Podcast. Let us know how you get on as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, 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 uh, I spent a bit of time scouring uh old bbc sport uh uh games and and trying to pick out some ones that i remember pretty fondly and maybe something a little bit uh bit bit uh interesting in the in the interview as well and yeah let's uh, let's have a little walk down memory lane shall we you got it suspension now how, how frustrating has it been not being able to be down on the side of the pitch very. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I would have stopped that last goal if I'd have been there. Um, but, you know, that's how it is sometimes uh, when a manager's not on the sidelines and those important moments towards the end of the game. And I like to think I could have influenced that, but obviously uh, I couldn't do that. And obviously the crowd, they, they were 
voicing their displeasure last week and, and not happy again tonight. What can you say to them? Five, five defeats on the bounce? Well, there's five defeats. There's nothing else to say. But the, the one today is a cool blow. There's no doubt about it. Who, firstly, who was the manager? That's really hard. Cause it was a harder one. First thought is, yeah. My first thought is Paul Clement, but I don't think it is. I don't think that's big Paulie Clement. No, uh, not, not Paul Clement. Is it an opposition it's manager? It's an opposition manager, yes. Right, okay, that's good. Um, I want to hear it again, but that's cheating. Can't hear it. Um, I can't even fucking remember what he said now. Uh, oh, my God. I'm gonna, I, I, I was hyping myself up, and the <laughs> first question, I think I'm, I'm going to have to pass. Pass. I, in my, my brain went to... I can't remember what he said. Like I say, I can remember Swan's related trivia, but it's been about two minutes and I've forgotten okay. what he said. All right. So, so who was it? So the first uh, question was: was the manager was Alan Alan Pardew? Right. And in my research for this segment, I Alan Pardew come up a few times in memorable games with us. So maybe that will give you a, another hint. So can you remember, or do you have an idea of what the game might have been? Was it the 2-0 win at home where Baffertimby Gomez scored? No, no, it's not. So that, it was an away was it, it was an away fixture. Meet you scored? No, so it was an away fixture. Wilfred Boney scored a last minute or last second penalty. Oh, um, oh, the 2-1. It was uh, like, uh, I don't know if Marvin Emner scored, but I remember him playing. Gary Monk was manager. Um, yeah, that's right. So two one two one win away at Newcastle. Uh, Marvin Emnes broke free from a from a a Newcastle f- attacking free kick, won a penalty, uh, and only slotted a slotted a home for for two for a two one win. Uh, cool as you like. Yeah, cool as you like. Alan Pardew uh, was was suspended for this one, so he's up in the stands and and boldly claimed in his interview post-match that he would have stopped that if he was on the sidelines. So I don't know how he would have stopped that if he would have burst onto the pitch and took Marvin Nunes down before the penalty box. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I always remember that game because I remember watching it. Uh, I think I was back in Australia at the time, but watching it at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., whatever it was, and just what a win, you know, a 2-1 win away at Newcastle. They're on a horrendous run. Just really towards the end of the season, really well, got out of jail. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a snatch and grab. So, if if Alan Pardew was was up in the stand, I don't even know how he'd have seen it. I mean, like uh, the stadium of like Anton James's Park. If you're up in the stands, like you can't see anything. It's like famously really high up. The stairs seem to go on forever. It's it's kind of like it's like a stress dream. You're kind of like oh, okay, it'll be the next one now. You've caked in sweat. I went in January after <laughs> Sunderland away the day after, and there's just this thing where it's like the birthday announcements at half time just go on forever, and it just feels like uh, like a. a I would have a stress dream where it's like you're walking up the steps at St. James's Park and it never ends. And the whole time, all you can hear pipe through is like, happy birthday to Sarah, age 42. Happy birthday to Ian, age 38. Happy birthday to Mikey. And then and it just never ends. It just goes on forever. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I have no idea what the fuck. Where were we? Alan Pardew. Okay, right. So zero points. Zero points. Really poor effort. You big yourself up. <laughs> I thought I, still time. Yeah, it's still time. I'll be honest that the rest you should probably get. I'll, I'll say that. I don't say that. So, so if you got if you got that one uh, at, at home, uh, well done. That was probably the hardest one. Um, all right. How would you assess that performance? 
not good. We were not uh, good today, and we were beaten by Swansea, who deserve to win the games. I felt we were very jaded physically. Champions League to away games, and today we were not at the races at all. There was a protest outside the ground today. The fans were saying it wasn't specifically about what's happening on the pitch, but can you understand that? I don't want to get involved in that. Okay, so that should be a bit easier, manager. Arsene Wenger, now my first thought there was to go for that 3-2 game with Danny Graham, but I think it's the 2-1 with uh, Sigurdsson free kick and then like two minutes later, Gomez header. It, you know, we beat Arsenal a little bit. Uh, we beat them all the same. <laughs> we did. Um, so it, it, that was one of the famous victories, but this famous victory was the other one, which of course was the Michu... Uh, the Michu uh, masterclass uh, where he scored two late goals uh, against uh, oh, yeah against Chesney I think it was God I was I was there that day I'm <laughs> made, yeah. I like that like Thomas Rosicki kind of ran parallel to him and didn't even make, try and make a tackle <laughs> just like go on <laughs> <laughs> um, incredible day yeah alright okay yeah so uh, I remember that one yeah very well um, Arsene Wenger obviously uh, pretty livid that was when all the Wenger out uh, things were going on, so he was obviously under the pump. And it's uh, time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he, and he didn't want to get drawn into any uh, any uh, speculation uh, in his interview. Uh, all right. So I'll give you half a point for that, mate. Um, next one. When you're hanging for a long time, one of the things you need is some resilience. And you know, I've said before, I might be stupid, but uh, I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> Do you sense this might be a turning point for you, Bob? I think so. You know, look, uh, I, I can't say it enough. It's a great bunch of guys, and it's an unbelievable club. I, I've loved every second of being here. But I also know that when things are going uh, in the wrong direction, uh, it just takes sometimes real determination and real courage. And uh, you can only repeat that message so many times, Gary. The words get old. Uh, so today, I don't need to say much, and I can just uh, let them feel good about it. They get an extra day off. And then we can go back to work knowing that uh, we still have a long ways to go. So you, you obviously know who the manager is. That is our good friend, Swans legend, Robert Bradley. Uh, so obviously, I, I'm pretty sure we only had two wins, so I don't think it's the 3-0 the against Sunderland. I think that's the 5-4 against Crystal Palace. 100%, 5-4 uh, against Palace. Um, the... Didn't even enjoy that game. No, that was the weirdest game of football no. I've ever watched. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, that was <laughs> old Bob there, loving it, getting interviewed by Gary Lineker on Match of the Day. <laughs> <laughs> Big break. Did you see when he got sacked, he did something like 147 interviews in two days? <laughs> 147? Because <laughs> there's one where he's like, yeah, I'm a bit pissed off. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you you can't be pissed off. We, we, we've just been tanked for one at home by West Ham. I was so annoyed that day. I rang uh, Five Live. I spoke to Jason Mohammed, like smug bastard. He was like, Fanny, I'm going to ask you one thing. Do you want Bob to go? <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's blocked Benny. me on Twitter. I've never in- oh, Benny. I, I, I've never interacted with him in my life, and he's he's blocked me on Twitter. We, the only time I've actually had a conversation with him, I was pouring my heart out about Bob Bradley, and he was actually quite sympathetic. Um <laughs> 
I had like Robbie Savage being like, well, I said from the beginning, I wanted Ryan Giggs in the job. And you think, oh, fuck <laughs> off. I just, I just made them. I get the sense I've rang the wrong people to, to offload this. Um, okay, yeah, so Bob Bradley, Crystal Palace, 5-4, five, five, four. Four, not fun. Um, I, I really like, like the, um, the, the, how he started that little clip was, uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I might be stupid, but I'm stubborn. I, yeah. Really weird thing to say. <laughs> not. Not. Um, not mutually exclusive either. Actually, like uh, it can be quite stupid to be stubborn. So um, yeah, you didn't shine there, Bob, or, or actually anywhere really in, in your eleven games. <laughs> and I. I, I um, really. Uh, you know, I obviously can't remember that interview for when it actually happened, but he gave the boys a day off. We were like in the relegation zone. <laughs> Why are we having days off here? <laughs> right, take a take a day. Take a day. Go down the mumbles. Be with your families. <laughs> I might be stupid, but I know where to get your good ice cream. It's Joe's. <laughs> you fucking useless clown. Get down the birdies. <laughs> oh, I might be stupid, but I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not 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 necessarily stupid, Bob. Just completely fucking incompetent at this level. Yeah, oh, like Gary Lineker's little chuckle. He's like, okay, get 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 yourself down the Rossies, the best fish and chips. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Right, okay, let's go to the next one. Well, like it says, some of the damage today, I mean, Robin Van Persie is very lucky, I think, to be alive, maybe. What that player did today is the most horrendous uh, act I've seen for a long, long time, for many, many years. He should be banned by the FA if he's got to look into it. That was really, really disgraceful what he did today. And Robin Van Persie is out to just assess what he's like, but he could have a broken neck. You know, that, that was disgraceful. Uh, I'm sure you know know the manager on that one. <laughs> that was Sir Alex Ferguson after the one all draw at the as it was known at the time, the Liberty. Um Correct. and the, the Ashley, Ashley Williams clearance, uh which could have <laughs> killed Robin Van who could have killed him. Could have killed him. <laughs> uh, the... It was funny when he used to come back after that and <laughs> people used to sing We Thought You Were Dead. <laughs> <laughs> completely ludicrous uh, thing to say. Yeah, the, the, the one one after the, uh, at the well, the one one attempted murder um, match, uh, which is which is yeah, what what is known now. Uh, absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, one probably one of the funniest uh, little little uh, uh, things that we we have as a, a, a little friendship group is is saying you could have killed them. <laughs> performance. He had he had a bit of a, a bit Fergie where it was like any time they didn't win he'd say something mad like that. I mean that was one of the weirder things, but it would always be something to like distract. But I watched that loads because I was like, could it have killed him? Like I'm not, you know, I'm not in the field. Uh, I'm not a sports scientist or anything. I just don't see how that could have killed a human. Um yeah, look, no. <laughs> it probably wasn't Not for me to worry about. It wasn't about. great, <laughs> but it definitely wasn't attempted murder. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was meant to, um, this is really poor planning by me, but I was meant to have a little snippet of who scored and uh, and stuff in the game, but I completely forgot to do that. So, um, yeah. No, I don't care. It was me too. Yeah. There we are. There we are. Well, one point. One point to Gryffindor. Um, all right. Next <laughs> next one. Next one. This is the last one. 
Do you think Chico probably made too much of it? <laughs> did you see? Did you see our game at Swansea? They just played really good. Did you see that? But he did it in front of me there, like you mean. So um, he squealed as well as all his face. So you know, it's it's not the right reaction. But that's he's not my player. He's, he's Michael's player. So that's for him to to sort out, not to me. I, I didn't think it was a, the right way of acting, but unfortunately uh, for us, um, and he's been sent off. We will hope that the appeal will work, and, and we don't lose him for. We haven't lost anything today because of it. And hopefully we don't lose Andy for three games because it was a straight bed, which is obviously a big disappointment for us. All right. So who is the manager? Big Sam. Big Sam. That's that's right. Uh, now, can you can you do you know which game it is? Because I'm trying to trick you here. So yeah. So my first thought was that was him laughing at Chico Flores, uh, doing a little little rolling tumble. I think that game was at Upton Park. And I think it's a one-all draw, and Andy Carroll got sent off. You, you're almost right. right. It's it. Oh, we fuck. we yeah. It's it was at Upton Park. Uh, Andy Carroll uh, elbowed Chigo Flores in the game after he he done in the sorry the away fixture after Chigo Flores had. had Died and rolled around in front of Big Sam, um, so he he did it again and got Andy Carroll sent off. But we still lost the game two nil. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. we got I think we got we got quite handily beaten and and they they were playing with ten men for a good uh, at least half an hour I think and uh, and we 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 couldn't break him down so. That was, I think that was Michael Laudrup's last game, and then he got sacked, and uh, and it was like obviously Gary Monk had taken charge, which actually in the end turned out all right. But it, it, like these days, that would be like if uh, if Michael Duff got got sacked, and it was like Harry Darling took over as manager, or like Kyle Norton <laughs> before the derby. You think, no, oh no, no, they're going to do the double, but obviously they never did, and they never will. Um, <laughs> Yeah, how did I do? I, I wasn't I wasn't keeping score. Um, well, apart from the first one, you got uh, snippets right um, on, on on most of them. Um, so I didn't really score. There's no real score. There's no winner. We're all winners. Um, I, I thought that'd just be you had fun. You won. Yeah, yeah. Shake hands with yourself. <laughs> Everyone wins. Uh, no, it, it was just a little uh, blast from the past. A few few little interviews that. Uh, that are, that are memorable and see if you could pick the game. And, and you, you did manage to do that a few times. Um, the, the last game, Big Sam, uh, he, he was interviewed. He was he was furious at, at Junior Flores. I was watching the interview and he was calling him a squealer and stuff. <laughs> he just he, I mean, hated I mean, him. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. Chico yeah. Flores was hilarious, but he was uh, like, what a calamity of a man. Like, he used to like, he used to do the quadruple role is to hold his face and like my favorite thing was like if we were narrowly winning but towards the end the ball boy would go and obviously give the ball back and he just put his hands out to be like despacio despacio like slow it yeah, down yeah. <laughs> and you just think like complete dark arts player but um oh, i miss him obviously that i miss him <laughs> i really miss him and then, uh, and then obviously that season we went on to waste so much time that eden has a booted a ball boy who's now worth more than a lot of the players um <laughs> but anyway I, I i digress i don't want to talk about that anymore i want to talk about the fact that we were wrong because well we weren't wrong last week we said Obviously, there was so much change at the club, and one thing that hadn't happened is uh, is new players. And uh, since then, we got two new faces in the door. The 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 Josh is uh, in, 
They are in. We were very pessimistic last week after announcing ourselves as optimistic people about our um, chances in, in the <laughs> in the transfer market. And I mean, it was it was the day after we recorded, and it was basically cert that we that we got. Um, Gino, I think his nickname is um, Josh Ginelli. Mm. Is it Ginelli or Ginelli? I don't know. But um, so it's Ginelli. But the only reason I know that is because the club tweeted uh, something like Gin Time, uh, and I was like, ah, ah, yeah, okay, it's Ginelli. Okay. Um, still, still not knows. not confirmed. I think <laughs> I'm going to call him Josh Ginelli until anyone. I'm going to call him Gino. Me. I'm going to call him Gino. It's just the way it is. All right. But yeah, no, yeah. Gen- he's not. He's not Gino, is he? No, it's Gino. He comes in um, and he, just a few highlight reels I've seen of Hearts. He, he looks like a, a handy little player. I, I think um, I think what Michael Duff said in his presser was he, he's got good drive uh, and determination and listen to his interviews. Sounds like he, he really wants to make a step up and prove himself at this level, which that's that's our type of player, isn't, is it not? You know, someone who hasn't made it. Uh, and he's going to come and prove themselves, and they usually do at Swansea. Well, I mean, we've had a lot of failures, but I think a Barry lot. Barry McCullough. <laughs> yeah. That's the first person I thought uh, <laughs> it's going to be different. We've, we also have a lot of success uh, in uh, giving players a, a, a chance and, and uh, promoting their career. So I hope he can do it. I hope he can do it. He brings pace, which is what we need, because I don't think we have a single player that can run faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. We, well, I uh, I've seen a little bit of him. I'm not going to lie and say like, oh yeah, I could tell you everything about this game. But I spoke to my mate who works at the Herald up in Scotland, covers the the football side of things. Um, kind of confirmed a lot of the stuff we we knew. You know, real fast player, a, a big loss for Hearts. I think there was a lot of the, that fan base who were really gutted that he was leaving, and then just the objective stuff. So. 12 goals in 30 games last season, five assists. He got another one in the SFA Cup. He he played for Hearts on the left wing, but obviously you don't want to press gang Michael Duff into too much formation stuff. Um, so if he chose to play a back three with strikers and, and just completely sack off the wingers option, he has played as a centre forward. He's uh, played up front 29 times in his career and got uh, 14 goals. Ooh. So, Jeez, that's a good return. Yeah. Why isn't he not playing up yeah. more often? <laughs> yeah. Well, I get the sense that obviously his pace has meant that in a team like Hearts, like well, basically anyone playing some sort of uh, formation with wingers, uh, he's really invaluable because he played on the left last year, but in his career, uh, he's played on the right as well. He's got four. Uh, he's got eleven goals uh, playing on the right hand side. He's got fourteen from the left. So uh, a pretty you sounds know, like a handy all round player. Yeah, sounds like a handy all rounder that that. Oh, for a free. Yeah, exactly. It's a great business. Uh, and it's a little sign that I, I think we've got a decent uh, a decent recruitment uh, process yeah. and stuff. We're getting there. Yeah, I think we've there. got some things. And I think that's tied over from maybe last year. Um, you know, Josh Martin, I think, has to take a lot of credit for, for, for these two signings. You know, identifying them early and I think they were identified really early because even with Josh Key it was pretty much known that he was on his way to us months ago like at the last game of the season or at least there was big interest so I think 
a lot of praise needs to go to, to Josh Marsh for getting two really positive uh, free signings, great value for the club. Agreed. And yeah, the other one you mentioned there, Josh Key, um, not somebody I knew a huge amount about beforehand. I've seen a kind of a handful of games in in League One, but um, I'm not going to go round and profess myself to be an expert, but there was lots of really good information uh, on him. And there was a really good thread on Twitter. Now, Twitter's not my first port of call for, you know, if I'm not sure about a player, you don't know how accurate it's going to be. Sometimes, you know, you might get a real diamond in the rough thread and sometimes it's kind of, ultimately you're relying on on fans with subjective judgment. He did actually say in his interview, like, you know, I've heard a lot about the Swans fan base and how united they are. So, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, you know. In a way, yeah. More often than not, true. <laughs> yeah, you know. When, 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 we're, yeah. when we're united and the team is playing well, we're the, we are the best fans in, in the league, but we do fracture quite easily. <laughs> Pick, Andy, catch it. Andy! Uh, Fuck's sake, Andy! Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> catch it, Andy. It's all right. Andy, Andy, I'm with you. You got this. Um, let me... Let me uh, let me read you some things about Josh Key. So 148 games for Exeter City. He's from there. He's a local lad there. Uh, eight goals, 13 assists, which isn't bad uh, for a right back. I think that's fantastic. Um, double double digits in assists is, is is great. And getting up to double digits in goals is also, you know, you can't beat that for a right back, really. And, and after stressing, you know, I take uh, fan threads with a pinch of salt. I've got a really good fan thread here. That is my only source. Uh, no, I just, I just, um, <laughs> I just, I, I just found this. Um, I just found this on Twitter because I thought this Jeff was um, pro Barney Lloyd. <laughs> my only <laughs> source is Twitter. <laughs> you joke. I, the amount of articles I've clicked on, there's like a link and you think, oh, okay. And it's like, boop. And it's like, oh, Luke Lewis uh, said today that, uh, Andy Coleman cancelled Russell Martin's contract. And you think, is that a source? That's that's a bloke in the pub. That's not a source. But that's, I mean, again, that's pretty much what journalism is. Um, so I think the things that this, um, this Exeter fan flags up are his character, just a seemingly a very stand-up guy, never complains, plays in a variety of positions. And, and he, he makes numerous... Um, I should have got the name of the guy who actually did this thread because I'm going to quote him quite a lot here, but I've just not bothered to... Um, uh, to source you, so apologies for that if you're listening. But um, you noted his versatility. Um, said, you know, perhaps Josh's best asset is his versatility. And whilst his best position is definitely a right-sided wing-back, he's a player who's effective everywhere he's played and never complains. Uh, in possession, that's probably his best side of the game. Key loves to receive the ball in the final third, head directly towards the byline, so with a striker in the middle. Uh, you know, loves to attack that. Out of possession, normally reliable in one-on-one, but probably a side of his game that he still needs to work on. Um, others rely upon, uh, often relies upon others to stop an attack, but he's very good at slowing them down and allowing defenders to get back. I feel like if we're playing a back three or a back five, um, there's a safety net there for him, maybe like an older head just to kind of guide him through some of the... Because it, it will be a step up for him. But um, again, a free transfer. Everything I've seen from him indicates that's a really good bit of business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that that source or that thread um, sounds very similar to a end-of-year report card from, from year two. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, uh, it, it sounds 
sounds like a really, again, a really good signing. It's a 23, you know, and he's uh, in, in a good uh, uh, age to, uh, to improve, uh, but also not too young that he's a bit raw. He's played, how many games like, did you say he played for Exeter? Over 100, 140? 148. I mean, he's, he's League One and League Two hardened. Uh, I think it's a fantastic little signing. And uh, something I read as well is, uh, it's the, uh, the the initial thing was it was the first permanent signing that we had of a right back since Kyle Norton in 2015, but that was actually incorrect. Right. Um, we signed Kieran Freeman on a permanent signing, but it was like a six month deal um, it, back in Steve Steve Cooper days. But yeah, that is mad in, in, in its own right. The first permanent right back signing we've made since. Uh, since Kyle Norton in 2015. <laughs> I feel like that's a nice that's a nice gauntlet to lay down in that it's like all he has to do is have more of an impact than Kieran Freeman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if that was one of my work-based like goals, I'd be like I think I can Yeah, I no, I can do that. I can do that. That's uh, that's a Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll make it. I think you'll do it. Yeah. But I mean he's got a bit to go to reach Carl Norton's um level of level in, in Swansea. Uh I mean he's been a great servant, so if he can do anything that half of what Carl Norton's done for us, then yeah, that'd be also uh, amazing. I think it's a great a great signing. I really, really liked in his interview he was quite level headed and basically said he was gonna run all day and, he, and one of his biggest attributes is his uh, work rate and his fitness and stamina, willing to get forward. Um, so basically we're getting uh, a younger Connor Roberts, which I'm hoping. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I think it's, again, another great piece of business. Let's not let's not stop the momentum, though, Swansea City. <laughs> let's keep it going, please. <laughs> we want more. Yep. If you if you're listening to this, Andrew Andrew Coleman, we we see Josh. you. Get get on uh, it, Josh Paul, uh, Paul <laughs> the boys, yeah. all the boys. Now, one of the things that uh, the rumours that keeps persisting, um, I I'm not sure how much um, stock I put in this, but the Ellis Sims rumours um, are kind of persisting. So just for the sake of just in case, you know what it's like, you finish recording and then it might be like tomorrow he's in the door. Um, as the t- at the time we record, this looks like a really ambitious transfer for all sorts of reasons, but let's just have a look at what we might be getting. So he got seven goals in 17 at Sunderland last season. He was recalled in January by Everton. Um, I'm not too worried about his one goal in 11 at Everton because that was... Uh, I think Sean Deitch came in, I think it was either late January or, or February. Um, they Their first port of call was rigidity. It was picking up points. It was getting their, their heads above water. So I don't I don't look at that and think, well, that's, um, that's kind of damning because I know he impressed at Hearts and Blackpool before that. The thing that doesn't really fill me with a lot of confidence is um, a lot of the reports are stating that Everton value him at around 10 million and I th- and some talk of of that involved in some sort of swap deal with Perot. Now, one, I'm not really sure if if Sims is worth ten million, or at least I don't know if he's valuable enough. I'm sure you can find better value for money out there. And two, I don't know what it is, but it's like 
in the summer you always get rumors about a swap deal and like how, how many of those do you actually see I mean, not not too many, especially I don't know, not not many in the championship. It's more like FIFA. Yeah, I think you might see it more higher higher up, but um, I'm not giving too much weight to it. I, I the only thing I can see happening is us getting really really gypped out on this uh, if we do swap him for Piro and then we're getting really undervalued. For, for, for Perot, I, I think it's better business for us to sell Perot outright and yeah. and I think we can get an Ella Sims type player from uh yeah for, from the lower end of the championship or League One uh and yeah and build uh and save a bit of the money like not spend it all in in on Ella Sims and I, yeah he's he's a good championship level player and it, it would be a really good pickup for us i think um with our new uh physical type of um uh style maybe we want to start playing but yeah it's not not for me i don't like the deal unless we get a good chunk of money as well as ellis sims as, as well perot is a perot is a 15 million plus striker so yeah I, I would I would say say honestly I I feel like a striker who in two seasons got I think it was like twenty two goals in his first series uh, season and then nineteen season after and he's what twenty one twenty two I don't think it's unreasonable to look for twenty million uh, with our owners you think well if it gets into a negotiation battle I think they take eleven plus add ons but I don't think it's unreasonable to to set the the tag around that and actually clubs in the division above now can can actually buy a, a player like Perot for 20 million and it doesn't that's not their budget gone anymore Leeds uh I think I assume it's Phil Hay in the Athletic reporting that Leeds are now interested in Perot teams like that can come down from from the from the Premier League and actually have tens of millions to spend now so um, yeah I, I get that um I, I don't think we'll get anywhere near that with him being in his last year of your contract and him not wanting to renew at all um so yeah around 10 like i said last week if i if we got a bid for 10 i would be taking that uh for sure and then i'd invest that where we can get a really good uh championship striker for for five what ivan tony was six million brentford signed him for a few years ago for and uh from peterborough was it peterborough yeah it was i mean yeah, you know, he's a Premier League striker, so I think we can get. I mean, I mean, I mean, currently he's just sat at home on bet three six five. He but... was he was a Premier League striker. Now he's a Premier League better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I got no, I got no love for Brentford, and I, I, I acknowledge it's really unreasonable at this point. I just, um, I just don't really like Thomas Frank. I just find him quite annoying, but I can't, I can't open that. That kind of worms for today. The job is up to us to get promoted, and then I can tell you all how much I, I dislike the man. Um, just really briefly, let's talk about Olivier and Cham, uh, a very uh, good but very mercurial player. There was rumoured in the week that Rayo Vallecano were interested in him. Now, quickly, uh, journalists have poured cold water over that, but it did kind of lead to another discussion about, well, final 12 months of his contract, you get the sense to sign 
he would need kind of assurances over over playing time. I just get the sense Michael Duff is just not the sort of person who would go around making making guarantees. I think especially for somebody who has um, sprinklings of, of brilliance, but um, but but it's not necessarily like a consistent thing over forty something games. Yeah. So, Chem, I, I I was reading this earlier, and it's that it's that that question that we we. We seem to always get uh, with with our players uh, is do we sell? I mean, this happens at every club, but do we sell? You know, with a, a year left on the contract, or do we do we get that year out of them and uh, and see what happens at the end? Uh, with Cham, which is opposite to what I think about Piro, I would keep him because uh, he is the type of player. Regardless whether we have a a, a Piro level striker who can win us games and he can do things that yeah it's hard to buy it's hard to find he at times is absolutely unplayable so it's is it worth keeping him around that yeah I think so because I don't think we're going to get the same value as what we get for Piro it's we'd be selling him for maybe two three million maybe it's not worth the letting him go and maybe sacrificing a, a, a talisman that we can that can win us games like that that uh, that Tarat type of player that, that promoted QPR all those seasons ago you know I think he can be that type of player we I actually think he was a bit ha- hamstrung in Russell Martin's system where he, he couldn't really be really really free and do what he really wanted to he, I don't know. I think if in a different style, I think he can really flourish. I I, I agree. Um, my only caveat to that is you get the sense a, a Duff team um, is very team orientated, and you got that from Josh Janelli, where it's like it's very much the way he sets up isn't individual led. It's it's very much how we operate as a unit. But having said that. I think even even in teams that are much more rigid, um, that are very team focused, there's always scope for a player with a bit of something, something little, little something different. Uh, yeah, absolutely, can pull out a you know a bit a bit of something mercurial and and get you a a win when it's not looking good. Because um, when he does play, even if it's like twenty minutes a game, he consistently looks like one of the best players on the pitch. Absolutely, the 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 last few games of the season. He was he was unplayable when he was and he had a good run of games. You know he was starting every week and he was just ripping teams to shreds on his own, not on his own, but he, he was getting the ball. He was driving forward. He was he was doing flicks and you know doing really really lovely little touches and uh, and and getting into the box and having shots. I think he was he was great, you know, and, and it's something that we don't have apart from him is someone in midfield who, yeah, maybe doesn't. He's not great at defending. He, he I don't think he's ever made a tackle, <laughs> but <laughs> but but he he can really 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 change a game, and I think we saw that a, a number of times last season. One of the best, the best, maybe this was the, the season before, but his. He burst uh, against um, uh, West Brom away, and he burst down the wing. Oh, uh, unbelievable! Uh, and he just ran, ran, hundred yards, and and uh, and slotted it uh, into the box for for the I think that was, if I'm, 
I think it was Perot. It was, was might have been Perot. Am I? What am I? I'm talking mm, shit. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe, sorry. maybe it was. <laughs> maybe it was the season before he did something like that. But um, long story short, I would I would keep him. And I, I, I get a sense he's a pretty pretty chill dude. He loves cats and he just he likes hanging out in Swansea with his cats and, <laughs> and playing some football. And, he, yeah, if we don't get promoted, yeah, he'll go for free next year. He might go to France or wherever. But I think we, I think another year of him will be, uh, will, will be good. I, I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. We should all be so lucky. It's just a cut about the SA1 just with your cat, just, uh, just playing football, having yeah. a class time. Yeah. Not a not a huge amount of sell on value for him, so it might just be worth getting another year out of him this pivotal year, um, seeing what he can do in in this team. He's got a really good song as well. We, we're actually, as a fan base, not very good at thinking of of new songs, if I'm honest. Um, and you know, yeah, I'll 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 die on that hill. But um, he's got a good song. Fans seem to like him. Uh, it seems to make sense where. I think there was talk of like a five million pound. No, we're not getting. Maybe five. then they start to. Uh, yeah. Exactly. We're not going to get it, and and uh, it just seems a bit silly to sell him for less. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep him. Yeah, let's let's do it. I, I, I'd love another year of him. Yeah, let's let's bring it on. Come on, come on, Ollie. Uh, I think it's. Uh, if he if he does ten and ten, ten assists, ten goals, we're getting promoted. You heard it here first. All right. <laughs> um, I bet on it last season. I bet on us to go up, and it was like. I can't remember what the odds were, but I looked like a fucking moron after like a month. So um, I'm not going to do that this year, but the odds are actually pretty good if you want to do us just to be promoted, never mind automatics or whatever. Um, but you know you'll jinx it. I, I'm not touching it, but, um, but yeah, it, the Jacks could be going up. <laughs> in, our, in our first season of championship uh, under Potter, there was a lot of, lot of talk on... I was in the this the Facebook group, the Swansea supporters Facebook group, and God, there's some smack in there. But there was people saying we we're going to get relegated straight down from the from the Premier League. And there's always one of those. Uh, isn't there? there was loads of people saying that. Yeah, we're, we're going down. We're we're shit. You know, it's it's you know, it, it's there was a fire. There was a fire sale, but people were like, no, we're getting relegated. to put money on it. And I was like, well, I'm going to put money on us getting promoted, and I did, and we didn't. So. That's a good story. <laughs> like obviously, obviously, like uh, we know, social media is a, a mad place for for fan sentiment. There's not a lot of room for ambivalence and and uh, just generally opening all the boxes. My uh, my meltdowns usually occur on the last day of every uh, transfer window. Uh, so as long as we can avoid any fucking madness this year, then I'm happy. Um, I do actually just be kind of vaguely speaking of our owners. Um, I, I I have a revision to make of my uh, my comments last week. So I thought on the DC United website, if you click on Jason Levine's page, it just goes to a picture of him standing by some double doors, which is hilarious. But unfortunately, do you, do you click on the um, door and does it open into his into, into <laughs> his background? Into his history. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! I'm Jason. If you if you click if you click on Jason Levine's uh, page on the DC United uh, staff information. Um, it does actually give you some information. So apologies for that, Jason. Having said that, for the rest of you, it's actually not particularly exciting information uh, if you're not in the world of, of vague business. So save yourself a trip. Do you know what I did find, though? And I, I, I have to show you this. So how much do you know about Romy Chowdhury? Um, not all. I mean, not not. 
the, the Watford player, right? And played for Leicester. Are you thinking of Hamza? I am. <laughs> Romy Church. <laughs> Bless your heart. So, the, yeah, you, a lot of you would be listening to this thinking, I have no idea who... Who he's on about? Romy Chowdhury is actually one of our co-owners. You're talking about the owners. I can't believe, sorry, I can't believe I, <laughs> I went to hands of Chowdhury. You heard, Ch- heard Chowdhury. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Romy Chowdhury is he's he's on the board, uh, but he's he's one of the the overlap people. So he, he's him and Robert Henrich uh, on the Swans board, also at DC United. But they, they're quite kind of peripheral figures. You know, you don't hear a lot about them. As far as I know, they've never really come out publicly and kind of expressed an interest. I think they just have a financial uh, scope in the club. However, Romy Chowdhury does have a lot of information on his um, his DC United page. So I had a little look at this. Some, some of this is fucking mind-boggling. It, <laughs> there's a bit in this. So the the highlights are that he's a graduate of Tufts University and, the, uh, and USC's Marshall School of Business. Basically, he made his money as a real estate mogul. So that's kind of not particularly surprising. Uh, there's a paragraph there, with, and it seems to be, this is actually not just to do with our owners. In general, there seems to be like a real thing at the moment that's kind of like poor me when it comes to landlords. And, and there's like, landlords are just, uh, whether it's in America or Britain, like I'm, I'm talking like big people with like hundreds of properties are like desperate to be liked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I, so I, this, I won't go into what I think of that. Yeah, mega landlords, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but like whatever you think of them, but like there's a thing where it seems to be like people are really desperate to be like, hey, it's fine, like I'm just you know, I'm a regular guy, right? So, so Mr. Chowdhury's success says here of his of his uh real estate empire has been built on his knowledge and affability, which has allowed him to cultivate meaningful relationship with, with investors, blah blah. In addition, his projects succeed due to the respect he receives from residents, community activists, and local politicians, basically. Like I'm a stand-up guy. That's why I'm a multi-millionaire um, or billionaire, whatever. Fuck. What did he take a survey um, on his residence? Did he? Yeah, <laughs> as if. <laughs> uh, and then, and then this bit fucking cracked me up. Now, for the small percentage of people listening from America, if there's like a not a loss in translation, but if there's something uh, here that like if it's just phrased differently in like American English, do let me know because this sounded fucking mind-boggling. I'm gonna let me read you this. Right. Uh, Mr. Chowdhury has an unwavering commitment to improving upon local communities while at the same time making opportunistic long-term investments. Now, first thing there, before I get into the next bit, when I hear opportunistic, I hear he's a fucking shark. He's bought up like yeah. crack dens and, and made them into condos, right? So that, that that doesn't make me think, what a great guy. I can't wait to have a beer with this guy. This And then this bit, right? His passion is rooted in his own personal experience, moving from one lower middle-class neighbourhood to the next and understanding the challenges inherent in these areas. I don't think it... Is that... Are we feeling sorry for people from, like, lower middle-class areas now? Lower middle-class is a, is is interesting. Uh, I think if you're in the middle-class, you're doing okay, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. He, he, he you knows know, the challenges, like he, right? He's been in... He's, he went to public school. <laughs> the cha- the challenges. Some of challenge. my friends. Uh, some of my friends went to Aspen, and I only went skiing locally. I went to Cancun, but I had to drive two hours down to Akimal. It's like 
Yeah, like Swansea as a place, it's like gets a lot like a reputation. It's actually a very nice place to, to grow up. There's some nice areas, there's some not so great areas, like anywhere else. But for me, that's like he, he grew up in Sketi, he moved to Upper Calais, and then he finished up in Gowerton. <laughs> it's like, please feel sorry for me. Let me tell you, like I like my like I I I grew up for like ten years in Gowerton. Let me tell you about the challenges living there. Uh, number one, every now and then the one one six bus doesn't show up. That that's a challenge. Uh, Nomad is closed, so you you've got nowhere to have your tapas on a Friday night, or, or they're fully booked. That's not, or like maybe there's like a like a party two streets down that's like a little bit loud. It's like, like maybe it's like, it's like twenty quid in a taxi from from town rather than ten. You know, if you live closer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Challenges, <laughs> the challenges of growing up in a middle class neighbourhood. Uh, uh, <laughs> Romy, let's let's just calm it down a bit, please. It's we're not feeling sorry for you, mate. <laughs> I appreciate you probably didn't write this, Romy, but you've told somebody that, and some poor schmuck at DC United, probably some media intern, has who, had who to write saying, uh, "Working class." Like, <laughs> <laughs> what a what a what a what a guy he's had. To, look what he's come through. He's put- no, yeah, no. no, good on him. Good. On him. He owns a he owns a club, does he? He, he owns a part a part of our club. He's a co-owner, um, okay. and do you know what? Like. Growing up in the in the middle classes, I'm sure nobody gave him a chance in life. So I'm I'm glad to see he's pulled himself up yeah. by his bootstraps and now is a basically a silent partner. It's all about Andy Coleman these days. It is like crazy Andy Coleman. Up, up Andy, up Andy. Let, let's let's uh, all praise Andy. No, I um, all praise. I but, but <laughs> I wanted to. Or you did a revision before. I also wanted to do a revision. I just want to give a little apology to Nathaniel Ogbetta. Um <laughs> because I think I went in a little. I didn't rinse him too much, but um, he, it, 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 I did have to do a little bit of reading. He he was on loan at Peterborough last year. Did did you know that? Um. So so he he was yes, he was he, he went he went on loan second half of last season to Peterborough. Played twenty games, three assists, one goal, and by all accounts had a decent second half of the season. <laughs> so um. So, in League One, in a good side, so I just want want to uh, yeah revise um, that uh, that what I said last week about him being on crutches. He's on crutches, but um, uh, I do have more faith in you than than what I initially um, uh, laid out last week. So I do apologise, and I hope that you get better. And you are only left back, so. Yeah, I mean, we do quite an age. Strong, strong recovery, Nathaniel. I laughed at you as well. I'm not proud of that. And uh, so, Nathaniel, Paul Ariola, if you're both listening, you are. Oh, I'm not done with Paul. <laughs> you've been good sports, and you've you've passed our test, and you can be our friend. Um, do we have any updates on Paul Ariola's YouTube? Uh, or is that, oh, we're gonna have to look, wait. we we we, it's work in progress. I'll just leave it at that. Life's life's too short, isn't it? Really, sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should probably fuck off shouldn't we yeah. uh we are at you jack podcast on twitter have a look at us on spotify this is our second episode um we're going to be bringing you plenty more of these so um if uh if you're enjoying it like it on spotify rate it just say hello on any of the social media we're on um swansea football twitter is pretty uh a small pool of of people so i'm sure you'll find us um so say hello to our personal accounts if you want. I'm not going to plug it in case any of you absolutely fucking hate this. Um, <laughs> but say hello to us. Be nice. And, uh, thank you. Scared. <laughs> I may be. I may be stupid, but I. <laughs> but I tell you one thing. I'm not giving you my Twitter. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm stubborn on that. Yeah, um, 